0: Welcome to the weekly message from Raymer Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at raymer.org.au forward slash media. Last week was Pentecost Sunday and so around the world, Christians celebrated and acknowledged Pentecost Sunday, and we did here, and so uh, Mark Hankins was here, and he used this text. We're going to look at it today. Acts, the second chapter, we're going to start looking at verse 2. Acts 2, verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting, verse 3. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Verse 4, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you just say that? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages the Holy Spirit gave them this ability so we're looking at this reference and, um, in this particular text, and it's not Pentecostal Sunday. It's the Sunday after Pentecost Sunday. And on purpose, we're looking at this text the week after Pentecost Sunday because God's purpose and intention was that Pentecost not just be an event, not just be an isolated experience, one that we remember And thank God for the testimonies of of being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you were here one, one of the mornings, Trina gave a testimony of how she was filled with the Holy Spirit and she remembered me being filled with, I remember, I was seven years old, I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit. In hearing different ones of your testimonies of how Jesus baptized you in the Holy Spirit, you don't ever forget it. But God never meant for it to only be an isolated experience, an event that happened in Acts 2, an event that happened even in or experience that happened even in your own life, that you just remember back. God meant that we live in and experience and be impacted with the power of Pentecost all our life. How does that happen? Sometimes people were filled maybe with the Holy Spirit by themselves, some of them were with other people, some of them were in church, some of them were in home. Wherever you are, these people were in the upper room. But it is not to just be something that we experience when the atmosphere around us is right. What we see and what God desires to happen is through the blessing of Pentecost that we're not just impacted by our environment, Being in an upper room, but that actually through that power of Pentecost, we impact our environment. We change our environment. And so, we're going to look at some practical things, some tools of getting, unlocking the power of Pentecost and bringing it into a consistent lifestyle so that our lives are impacted by the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you want that in your lives? Amen. And God wants that in our lives. All right, so we're going to look at something that Jesus said about the person and presence of the Holy Spirit, John seven, and look there with me in verse 37. On that last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted. I like this because anytime I read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, I like to picture Jesus. I like to imagine what he was doing and how he interacted, and, and maybe the expressions that he was using, and, and, and how he was, he was um, carrying out what God was wanting him to give. This is really, really demonstrative. It says, He stood and he shouted. Shouting is something that Pentecostals are known for doing. And I reckon once you have the person of the person, uh, and presence of the Holy Spirit, filling your life, and the Holy Spirit starts revealing everything that Jesus has done for us in Christ. It didn't just secure us a home in heaven, but it changes the way we live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It gives you something to shout about, amen? Why don't we just celebrate Pentecost this a week after Pentecost, and let's just lift up a shout that Jesus is Lord. Can you do that? Let's do it. Jesus is Lord. Well, that's talking a little bit loud. Let's, let's lift up a shout saying it. Can we do it? Just almost rattle ourselves. Let's do it. Shout it. Jesus is Lord. Amen, and he is Lord. It's worth shouting. From the mountaintops in Papua New Guinea. It's worth shouting anywhere in this land of Australia. Jesus is Lord. Amen. And it's worth shouting in your living room. Praise God. He shouted to the crowds. And this is what he said Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Go on to verse 38. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. So his invitation to drink, you come to me and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Let's go on. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit in one of the services uh, last week, Mark was Mark made mention of the fact that The Holy Spirit is liquid God. He's the river of God and Jesus said, you come to me and you can literally drink of the Holy Spirit. He said, speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Well, going backwards then through this verse, Jesus has entered into his glory he asked the Father to send another comforter. The Father did send the Holy Spirit. Anyone believing in Jesus receives the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside. How many of you believed in Jesus? Then you have received the person of the Holy Spirit, but what Jesus declared and he introduced is that he would baptize us in the person in the presence of the Holy Spirit and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. But if you'll go back to verse 37, it says this, that anyone who is thirsty would come to him. And the next verse says, you come to me and drink. The deal is is that life does make you thirsty, and you will drink from something. To quench your thirst, to to make yourself feel better, to get help or whatever, you'll look for something to quench the thirst. The thirst for for help, for counsel. The, The thirst for comfort. The thirst for encouragement. The thirst for drowning out the pain. You're going to have a desire to drink from something. Jesus said, if life makes you thirsty, you come to me and drink. Because what I give you Will be living water. Now, if you'll go, uh, if you'll look at these pictures, then this made me think because Jesus is talking about rivers of living water. So I was thinking about this river and I love to think about this river that originates in God. Here's a, a diagram, probably that you could see in a science book in the fourth grade, maybe fifth grade. But anyway, they give you the kind of the the, the whole idea of, of what happens and how rivers are formed. They, they begin in the mountains. Here is in uh, the Himalayan mountains and Deborah Strong is here. She lives up in these in this area. But here, uh, these these snowy mountains then melt and all these tributaries come down and they converge. There's a convergence here of these tributaries. It follows down and then empties out into the sea. Uh, Here, the Murray or the Darling Rivers, uh, they empty into the ocean. And so, uh, that is basically the story of a river, but we're not going to look at natural rivers because that's not what Jesus was talking about in John the seventh chapter. He was talking about a spiritual river, a river that actually originates in him. So so for us to kind of get a a grip on this spiritual river, uh, we're going to turn the picture upside down, and what Jesus was talking about looks more like this. This great supply in God, and God has an endless supply, an infinite supply of wisdom, an infinite supply of love, You never come to the end of the love of God. You never come to the end of the kindness of God, the goodness of God, all that God is. And Jesus said, come to me and drink. But he tells us what ends up happening when we come to him and drink. This river then comes out of our heart in rivers. Plural, do you remember that from John, the seventh chapter there? Jesus said, out of your heart will come, not river, rivers of living water. And these rivers can represent maybe your family and marriage, can represent your job, can represent your physical body, can represent perhaps, can represent your kids, your, your future here. These, these areas of your life that can get thirsty, that have a need. And Jesus said when these areas get thirsty, even when they're desert when they don't even look like there's life, what you do, you don't try to, try to just work up water. You don't just go to some other, some other source to get water. He said, when you get thirsty in your life in any of these areas, you come to me and drink. Come to God and drink. John said something in the book of Revelation in the 21st chapter. He said there is a river. He saw it. He saw a river that actually came out of the throne of God and out of Jesus, out of the Lamb. And the name of that river is life. The very name here, Australia has Murray. It has Darling but what comes out of Jesus is literally life. He said, come to me and drink life. Look at Ezekiel, the 47th chapter. Ezekiel saw that same river in a vision way back in the Old Testament that John saw then years and years later. And what we're talking about this morning, Ezekiel saw that river in a vision. And he had many things to say about it. He said that it has different levels and depth. You could walk into it in ankle deep. You could walk, if you'll just keep going in it, it can be up to your knees. It could be up to your, up to your waist. Or you could even go out in waters that you're able to swim in, in life. How would you like to swim in life? <laughs> Woo-hoo. And so what Ezekiel said, we're gonna jump into this part of Ezekiel's vision. He said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. And so we're putting a, a spiritual, uh, we're putting a spiritual perspective on this vision. And we're not going to look at just the Dead Sea. Let it represent something that is maybe dead in your life or not, not functioning well in your life or not thriving or 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 there's a problem in that area. Anyway, this river flows into the desert, into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. You could say that. The water that comes from Jesus will make your the the bitterness that's in your soul sweet. Isn't that nice? Life can make your soul bitter. It can make, it can make there be toxins in the waters of your soul but the water that comes from Jesus will turn that water to be sweet. Look at the next verse. He said, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. What does that speak of? Even if something in your life doesn't have life, it does, isn't productive, it looks dead, it doesn't look like there's anything healthy about it, that water that comes from Jesus can make living things wherever that river flows, fish will abound in the Dead Sea. Well, anyone who knows anything about the Dead Sea, it's completely salty. There's nothing that, that no animal life can live in there. And they, hence, the Dead Sea. But because of this river of life flowing into a, a place completely dead, notice, it becomes very full of, of fish, which I like to think of, is, um, is a harvest of souls. People are attracted to life. I love that story that, that Kevin was telling about that little girl that got healed in the village. She was crippled, and Jesus healed her. Aren't you glad that our Jesus is still doing what he ever did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? And he's not just doing it in Papua New Guinea. He's doing it here. And we're hearing testimonies of Jesus that's on the move and Jesus that's doing something with this life. What happened in that village when people heard that Jesus healed that little girl? It's a dinner bell that says God is alive and God is good and God can do good things for you. And people want that Jesus. Anyway, it says, this this part of this verse is amazing. Life will flourish everywhere or wherever this water flows guys listen if there is an area of your life that is not flourishing maybe it's existing but it's not flourishing if it's stagnated if it's come to a halt of growth and development and fruitfulness life flourishes wherever this river goes. Go back to that picture, that upside-down picture, please, if you will. Right here. What is up in here in God getting into the areas of your life? God never meant, never meant that your, your eternal life only be what you're looking forward to after you pass from this life, and that your life be something that is just... Awful down here. God meant that the life, the eternal life that is in Him, that river, be able to actually get down to your marriage, into your kids, your family life, your business life, your body, your emotions, everything about you flourish. Doesn't that look like something that you want? We want that life getting where it counts. So Jesus gave us, Jesus gave us the tool or the know-how, not just the wishing, not just the wishing. You know, I I love what what Jesus said if you're thirsty. He didn't say, have somebody else come pray for you, although that is right, and there are other Bible verses that say that. It is right, but he wanted every person to know that every person has equal access to him any day of the, of the year. We don't have to wait for a special conference. We don't have to wait for a special day of the year. Any day that you're thirsty, we can come to Jesus and we can drink. And what comes out of him will get where it's needed and will change dead things into living. Glory be to the Lord. So how does it happen? How, does, how can we drink from him, Uh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, there's many things that we can say, but I want to give you some certain tools this morning. We have time to just look at just just a few real easy, simple tools to be able to drink and get the life that's in God into the areas of your life. Paul said this to the church at Ephesus, he said, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. That's pretty plain, isn't it? He wasn't talking to the world, he was talking to a whole church. He said, don't live like a fool, but live like those who are wise. Next verse. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Next verse. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Next verse. Ah, and don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said how to do that is come to him and drink. But now look at this next verse of scripture that helps us to know how to drink from Jesus. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. One way to drink from God is through worshiping him singing to him singing about what he who he is how great he is how wonderful he is this morning we were talking singing about his unchangeableness don't you love that the whole earth can shake under your feet he never changes everyone around you can change he never he's an anchor to your soul One way that you can drink from him is singing these things about him, singing these truths about him, about his goodness, about his faithfulness, about his love, about his wisdom, and that he loves you. Singing among yourselves, when we get together we sing, but it doesn't just have to be in this kind of setting, it can be in any kind of a setting. It can especially be in your home. It can especially be anywhere you are. Yesterday, I went for a walk in that Daisy Hill place, the Kuala Park, and I found some trails. Oh, that thing, that, that park goes on and on and on. I tried to remember where I was so that they wouldn't have to send out the military to find me. I <laughs> said, there was nothing out there. But my goodness, you look up and all you see is sky. You look around and all there's trees. Oh, nature's a great place to lift up our voice and sing and magnify God that the one that created the heavens and the earth loves me, is on my side, and if God is for me, who can be against me? Cars are perfect places to sing God's praises. I'm sure God inspired whoever invented cars and how they seal off, you know. Uh, he he helped and inspired somebody to come up with that so that people like you and me could holler at the top of our voices. <laughs> I mean let her fly. I've been really, really, you know, calm and look cool and collected around people and go and make my way out to the parking lot, go over to ding, ding, open up the door, get in the car, close the door. Ah! <laughs> Hallelujah! And sometimes it, it is necessary if your mind is starting to suck on and you're trying to, you're trying to your mind is in some whack places and the devil's lying to you about yourself or about your situation. It's good to lift up your voice and be louder than his voice. Amen. Plug into Jesus. Drink from Jesus. Turn on, turn on your, your C D and or your music, whatever. And whoever it helps you sing, sing along with them. Don't let them sing for you. Sometimes it, it's helpful if, if you're having a little bit of a, a challenge to, to get going saying that the devil doesn't care if you complain, he'll help you do that. He'll give you information to complain about. He doesn't care if you gossip. He'll help point out things about people to get your mouth flapping and jawing about all kind of stupid things. He'll help you do that. But if you ever start going to Jesus and drinking, he'll want to put a cork in your mouth and put a gag on you. Because he knows the stuff that you get from only Jesus will do and undo the works that he's trying to put on you. Guys, I tell you what, this week, let us be blab mouth praisers. Can we do it? We want the power of perpetual Pentecost. How's that for peas? We want the power of perpetual Pentecost. Let's not wait for some special time for it to happen or an annual celebration of Pentecost Sunday. We can do it when we bring our heart to drink from the Lord Jesus Christ and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Look at the next verse. Colossians 3, this is what Paul told to this church, the church in Colossians, he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you, how? Richly, that means not just a little dab will do you. Now, a little dab will help you better than none at all, but this verse of Scripture said, let it dwell in you richly. Letting the word, not just one day a week, but verses of scripture, from devotions, from listening to the word. Letting God help you through his word all the time. Let it dwell in you richly. Now look at this. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Do you know that singing and worshiping is indeed to the Lord about how wonderful he is, how good he is, how beautiful he is. But it is not just that. Paul told the church in Colossians, he said, teach and admonish one another. When we sing, we sing about the greatness of our God. But when we sing, we also sing about the great things our God has done. We can sing doctrine. We can sing the power of what God has accomplished in Christ and it becomes we're singing a testimony and what did revelations tell us in the 12th chapter we overcome by what and the word of our testimony and sometimes that word of our testimony is absolutely uh, covered in a melody praise the name of the Lord I remember when my dad my dad was uh in the hospital, and the doctors gave him no hope to live. He was unconscious. He was completely on life support system because of septicemia in his body, and there was no hope. I tell you what, my sister who was just here, Trina, and I, she was with me. We used those, we use songs like a sword. I remember singing, victory, victory, blessed blood-bought victory. Victory, victory, victory all the time. I'm glad that with those kind of songs, you didn't have to just kind of, just drag into the hospital room and being sad about what you're looking at with tubes coming out of everywhere on your own dad. With those songs, you march in like a conquer. Blessed, blood victory. As Jehovah liveth, strength divine he gives. And to those who know him, victory all the time. So we sing about our mighty God. We sing about his goodness. We sing about his greatness and we sing about the greatness of the work of redemption and we use it as a testimony. Amen? So Paul was telling the church in Colossians here about that. Go on to the next slide. Jude 20. Need to scoot along here. Jude 20. This is another way to drink, guys. This is another way to drink. He said, but you, dear friends, carefully build yourself up in this most holy faith. How? How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is not just something you do when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit one time and then you never do it again. Praying in the Holy Spirit is a way to drink from the Lord Jesus Christ, and the more you drink, the more life gets to those tributaries of your life. That's why Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. The reason we believe in in the Pentecostal experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another language is not just so we can say, ding, I ticked that box, I've done that now, I crossed that off of my list. No, it's a way to be able to experience the power of Pentecost every day of our lives. Guys, I want to encourage you. Let's lift up our voice and drink through worship and praise our Lord Jesus Christ, but let's also lift up our voice and let's pray in other tongues this next week, amen? Amen. All right, let's go on to the next, uh, let's, uh, for time's sake, let's go on to the next picture. Now here here we are in the science book again. So this diagram shows us basically, uh, you know, how this all happens. But I want you to notice right down here, what connects the river, the singular river, to the vast supply of the ocean is the mouth. That's in the science but they call it the mouth of a river. Now turn the picture upside down because this is our spiritual, this is our spiritual uh, picture of John seven. Here's the mouth. This is the endless supply of all that God is. What gets all of God into your life in all the tributaries of your life is not just wishing and hoping. It's the mouth. The things that I've just shared with you today, really simple tools of how to get what's in God into your marriage. What's into God, into your family. What's in God, into your finances. What's in God, into different areas of your life is not just by your effort in it, but it is by opening our mouths. Psalms 81, the writer in Psalms 81 says, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Fill it with what? Fill it with life. Fill it with who he is. Let's open our mouth, not just a skinny little straw, putting it up to heaven, and say, God, if you've got something good, get it through the straw. No, let's open our mouth wide and say, ah, oh, hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord, and so, uh, if you go back to if you go back to Jude uh, twenty two, please with me. This gives you the picture, staying right, by praying in the Holy Ghost, staying right at the center of God's love. Praying in the Holy Ghost like that makes you aware of God's love, that what Tony was ministering today prophetically. Stay right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our our master, Jesus Christ. This is what? Unending life, the real life. Praise the name of the Lord. Guys, spiritually speaking, let's not live like this before God. Let's not say, get it right through here, Jesus. If you've got something good for me, shoot it right through this little place. <laughs> I need help, oh God, get it right through here. But spiritually speaking, let's open up our mouths wide and say, oh, hallelujah, I worship a mighty God who was and is and is to come. Nothing is too difficult for him. He's on my side. He's paid the complete price for my victory. Amen? With our testimony, with our song, with our worship, with with praying in another language. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you today. Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful this morning, so thankful for your word and the truth of it, and I ask you that as we go from this place this morning that the truth and the possibility of might and power infusing our life will be a very strong awareness to us that we will be conscious of your help, conscious of your indwelling, mighty Holy Spirit, and that the power of Pentecost won't be encapsulated to just one day a year or one event in our life. But, oh, God, may the power of Pentecost infuse our life and may Jesus be glorified in in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we are. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church@raymond.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rayma.org.au. Thank you.